0: There's so many lies in this interview. I, know, well I know. we did, I did condone it. I did condone the <laughs> lie oh. earlier, so we now no, do not know what is true.
1: Fears. Fears. Fears.
0: I love this podcast. Fears.
1: Fears. Weather. Fears. Food. Fears. This weather.
0: Hello, this is Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And
2: I'm Jillian Cederholm, Entertainment Weekly's news director and Joey's faithful sidekick on this podcast. An (laughs) enemy, IRL.
0: Faithful enemy is more like (laughs) it. Yes. But because Jillian and I are literally only good for one thing in this life, we have indeed been... In deep corporate mandated cryo sleep since the All Stars eight finale, but we are now back awake, alert, revived, ready to terrorize you once again as we shepherd a new crop of fourteen. At least it's not sixteen. Was it sixteen last year? Fourteen queens into the Should drag be 16 race family for
2: the sweet sixteen.
0: I know, yeah, that would have been more fitting actually. But there are fourteen new gals here to terrorize us, torment us, and give us hopefully some of the best drag we've ever seen. Um, I am. Curious to know though, Jillian, how are you feeling now that we are no longer in cryo sleep? And what was your favorite dream you had?
2: Okay, I did recently have this bizarre dream. Sasha Colby was there, and then there was all these random drag queens for some reason sitting on ivy-covered gravestones in the cemetery. Oh
0: my god! Telling
2: us if they were better at They're sewing or dancing, which I have previously mentioned to you, and you've been gaslighting me that I made this all up.
0: <laughs> when you said Sasha Colby, anytime. You say the word Sasha Colby, I just see you standing up at the finale applauding enthusiastically. <laughs> yes. An iconic
2: um, dream. But we, we're gonna have to make the, the question for this, the poll question the for this episode. Yes. In Meet the Queens, did you all agree that it looked like everyone was sitting on a gravestone? Okay. Which is
0: no. My house no. is covered in gravestones.
2: I love it, but come you on, have why?
0: To know the way you worded that. Uh-uh. No, no okay. The question has to be were they gravestones or not? Not did it look like gravestones? Because those are two very different things. Because I can sit there and agree and be like, hmm, yeah, okay, maybe it might look like a gravestone. But were they gravestones? No, they were not gravestones. So the poll question. The
2: question is. Did you Pole love question. that everyone was sitting on gravestones oh or were you confused no! by it? That's the official poll question. No. Sammy, write it up.
0: No, the official poll question is not that. The official poll question, I'm gonna put you back into fucking cryo sleep. <laughs> okay. <And laughs> I then, would love and, it.
2: I've been up all morning. And since then you 4 will
0: not get a headstone because you'll be in cryo sleep and I will Aww. never bring you back.
2: <laughs> That's sad.
0: I do though. As cold as a cryo-sleep was, I want to say a very warm welcome to any new Quick Drag listeners, and welcome back our cherished listeners who have been in the back of Angina's van with us this whole time on our chaotic journey recapping every season of Drag Race, featuring exclusive interviews with the queens themselves, and we are thrilled to be back to cover season 16. And yes, today, Santa, oh my <laughs> god, I this is what I get for not reading Jillian's script beforehand. <laughs> Yes, today, Santa, we have a big fat sack of treats to stuff down your chimneys as an early Christmas present for both naughty and nice fans alike.
2: (laughs) That's right. Unlike Santa, we don't discriminate around here. And Joey, like one of Santa's little elves, you've been hard at work for months working on this gift Back in August, you conducted your seasonal interviews with the new cast of Queens, which this time around were in LA, and I was actually able to sit in and watch you at work, which was so exciting for both of us. Uh, Can you, first of all, can you give our listeners a little peek behind the journalism curtain about how much prep you put into these? Because it's really like a level level of research and cyber stalking that I have... (laughs) not seen before, and most importantly, all the places that they can consume these videos for themselves to learn even more about each queen beyond what was in my dream of meet the queens on in the graveyard.
0: <laughs> well, I will say it, it was not a graveyard. Let's clarify that first. But you can find every video packaged together in a post on ew.com slash drag race and rolling out on our YouTube feed and this very podcast feed over the next few weeks. Uh starting today, we have four queen interviews in this episode. And throughout December for the next few weeks, we will debut episodes of Quick Drag with more interviews with the cast, all leading up to the season 16 premiere on MTV January 5th at 8 p.m which we will, again, be recapping uh, on this very podcast, including all new interviews with the queens about the thrills and tea spills in each episode. So, And we also just want to point out that we are doing these alphabetically, so I don't want to see anybody in the comments being like, where's Tsunami Muses? Uh, she's She's going to be last because she's last in the alphabet, okay?
2: Is X, af- is X
0: after Q? Yeah, you're right. Yes, X Q is client. after Q, Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, this, okay, so in response to your cyber stalking, this, I, I always think it's funny because I don't really think it's like, it, it always is funny to me in the moments when the queens are like, oh, you did your research. Oh my God, how did you even find that out? And I'm like, mama, you did an interview in like 2017 and it's on the it's on the internet.
2: Yes. No. You. You really do approach this like a journalist. You're not going in there saying just you know spill some tea like t- you know tell me a standard answer.
0: Yeah. It's. I. I hate approaching Drag Race interviews like that. I think it's far too common to just see people asking them just kind of like silly questions and not and treating them like queens instead of like people and artists. And I always like to ask them like the questions that i think will lead to a good answer but also is a chance for them to show off who they are because it's like you know just scrolling through somebody's instagram for an hour you really get a sense of who they are and i know it's gotten to the point where i immediately know and and it's it's fun to do it outside of the vacuum of the show too like when you get that the list and it's just going through and seeing their instagram sort of quote-unquote untainted by drag race or the fandom and to just see them existing and i think that's what also contributes to making it uh such good interviews and i really vibed with a lot of them this year on, on in these interviews i think as people will see uh Plasma even offered to make me her ninth husband that she will murder. So um, <laughs> yes. that is how well these went. <laughs> so
2: you will be joining the graveyard soon. Oh, fuck off. No. <laughs> fuck off. But okay, first of all, okay, speaking wh- <laughs> of tea spills, we have to start before we even got to the interviews. <laughs> Are you comfortable sharing our, the iconic moment that we yes. shared together that morning?
0: So funny because when we got to this part in the script, I was like, I messaged you and I was like, I was going to bring this up as a surprise and I didn't want to write it into the script because I was hoping that you forgot about it. And now, Well, first
2: first of all, we keep referring to this script, like listeners just for peek behind our curtain. It's just basically an outline of what types of things are we going to talk about because otherwise we'd both be talking over each other and not know what to say.
0: True, true. And this moment. Was so the one time. Okay, I, as you can see, in most of the interviews that I do, I am usually dressed in like all black, and I am dressed in all black in this podcast. Like I am, just, I I love wearing all black, and this was the one time that I decided to wear like bright blue jeans and a white tank top for this interview. And Jillian Closet picks Joey Essence Hall up from the hotel in WeHo. I I Jillian had graciously gotten me coffee beforehand. And I, literally, within five seconds of getting in the car, I looked down and there was coffee all <laughs> over my white tank top and I am freaking out. And we had to drive around looking for it. <laughs> we were already running
2: late for some reason. <laughs> and like And I was like, great, I'll stop and get coffee really quick. So that won't hold us up. That'll be done. While you're getting ready. And I mean, I have like I consider myself a spiller. I have never seen like I blinked. I went to like <laughs> shift my car into drive, and suddenly Joey's like, oh shit, I just spilled coffee
3: I my it was my all outfit over the for front. the
0: show. So Easter egg. Um let's see if you can find a coffee stain on me in these interviews. I don't think you can see it. I think I I pretty much got it out. But yes. we had to two
2: two trips to two different drugstores to different drugstores in
0: Panicked. A twenty four
2: hour like, ride aid that has never closed was during closed. Any event in LA closed. was closed. That closed. Morning.
0: And then we had to go to this other one where you had to like fast and furious into this <gasps> right. like fucking uh parking garage, and you were like, just get out and go find it. And I was like, Well, where will you be? And you were like, I don't know, just go in. And I like ran in and the doors flew open. And I was like, Where are the tide pens? And yeah, it was um it was hilarious. But uh we we got there in the end. We we absolutely did.
2: Yes, it was definitely more chaos than anything that happened in the shoot with fourteen drag queens, which is really <laughs> monumental that you were the one that had the biggest incident.
0: I can't believe that. I still can't believe that.
2: <clears throat> but I want to now put you in the interview seat for a moment and ask you to share what your favorite moments were from any of the interviews
0: oh some i had there were some really great moments i loved so tsunami i I knew her um prior to her being on the show and actually i think prior to even candy being on the show i think um but i mean so tsunami had had joked a long time ago about getting on the show and she was like oh if the first thing if if we ever interview she's like the first thing i'm going to do when i get on this show is i'm going to scream at the top of my lungs in this interview and i was like okay manifesting it and what had happened i asked her i was like tsunami i was like you, you remember we're finally going to get to do it and she was like what did i i don't remember what did i say <laughs> i was like girl <laughs> yes. and so i was like you literally said you were just going to scream at the top of your lungs so she did and that was great uh i also really loved Some of the stories that, I mean, because in the past, like Georges, I remember asking her, she was in a, I believe, a Casey Musgraves music video. And uh, this time we had Morphine Love Dion, who was in a Bad Bunny music video. And she told a story about snubbing Bad Bunny on the set because she was late to set. And she said that he was sitting outside and he like got up and was like, oh, hey. And she was like, baby, I'm late. I got to go I later. And uh, somebody was like, that was Bad Bunny. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Also, Safira is um, apparently she went to the same high school and church as Beyonce and Kelly Rowland and used to see them in church all the time. And I thought that that was so funny. But also, Tsunami worked on naomi campbell's reality show the face because i was like joking about how she like had the face of like somebody who would be on america's next top model and she was like oh yeah i'm a fashion stylist and i, I worked on naomi campbell's show and she called her mother behind the scenes so that was also really really funny and i just i th- I think that this group of queens has a lot of experience in doing things outside just drag um i mean morphine is a youtube influencer for beauty she is super 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 into makeup and her mug is just next level and it's i mean hershey is a parent hershey has two children with her partner i mean it's just we have so many unique backgrounds and styles and professions on this season so it's a really interesting mix of people
2: now i loved when do you remember whose cell phone went off in the middle of their interview i remember that being (laughs) a highlight i think it was (laughs)
0: a I think it was cute. Uh, I think it was cute. I think we left it in there, um, but it was like a timer. And uh, yeah, I remember. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we left it in the clip. So uh, that was, yes, that was hilarious. I
2: also love I was teasing you in text. I think it was during Mirage. And it's just because now you normally like you're a very quick person and have a great sense of humor and can pick up on when someone's joking. But I think when you're doing these interviews and interviewing anyone – sometimes someone makes a comment that's jokey, but sometimes there's actually truth in it. And so you're very good at, at always like picking that up and like, just clarifying because sometimes like people have been like oh no that's actually not a joke and then you've gotten a great story out of it but there was a moment with mirage of of you and her both telling a story about anitra walking ducks and you both told a joke and then had to clarify to the other one wait was that a joke and it was just like just in isolation is so funny to me even though i knew that you weren't asking it like in a a way that like you didn't understand humor, but you were just like, hold on, if this was serious. And yeah. so, it's, but like, just, yeah, listen to that isolated and it really makes me laugh.
0: That, yeah, you text, yeah, I was really enjoying you texting me these little <laughs> clips as you were editing and being like, <laughs> like making little jokes each time. And that one was one that did make me laugh very hard.
2: So in addition to, you already pointed out a lot of the great celeb stories we got. And I think especially it wasn't stories that were like, really bragging about celebrity encounters. Mm -hmm. They were like just such funny. Like I ran into this, this celeb and like, I am actually this, like I I acted in a way as if I'm the star, which I thought was so cute. Um, But we also got a lot of great stories about other drag queens. We have a (gasps) lot of family members and close Judy's in this cast. Mm -hmm. Were there any standouts to you about um, other drag queens of the past?
0: Yes. I really love um Hershey and Cornbreads dynamic i mean Hershey is uh now in the house of Jete led by um Calypso Jete and uh Cornbread apparently like was very persistent and like snatched up Hershey into the drag house from uh, when Hershey was in a different drag house prior. And we also consulted several queens prior to these interviews who we knew had connections to them, and we asked them to submit questions for them in these interviews. And Cornbread was like, (laughs) she was like, okay, you have to ask about... um, I think her, she had an old drag house and she was like, you have to ask about her old drag house and then you also have to ask, um, what about currency? And Cornbread was like, I'm not giving you any context to that. Just ask her, what about currency? And I was like, okay. And I did. And Hershey's reaction was so good. Like apparently is the shady story of, of like uh, uh one of her former, I think it was her drag daughter, Hershey said so. at the point. And like, I'm just like, yeah. So that was really knowing that they had those connections going to those queens and then the types of questions that the queens submitted for them it was like yeah okay you can tell that these people really know them i also really loved anitra um giving mirage who performs with her at piranha in vegas the task of describing her drag race (laughs) impact or her drag or no her overall drag style through like only facial expressions And mirage was so thrown by that and it was the (laughs) cutest thing and i just was like i knew that anitra sort of maybe knew that that was going to get a sweet little endearing reaction out of her so that was really nice and then also uh, morphine is very close with Malaysia, and she was saying that she was like surprised that Malaysia got miscongeniality and like having all this like playful fun shade about Malaysia, and it's like you can tell that they is that kind of loving playful sisterly shade that just makes you more endeared to a drag house and their dynamic and it makes you be like I want to be part of that so uh, it was it was very 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 cool to hear a lot of the connections that a lot of them have, and some of them are just friends like I mean plasma obviously runs in the same circles as Alexis Michelle in New York city. So it was cool to hear plasma talking about finally meeting Alexis Michelle for the first time and their, their styles sort of bonding together. And, uh, and of course, then you have tsunami who is candy Muse's daughter. So that's a legacy or or a legendary house that tsunami is now part of the legacy of. And it'll be interesting to see what she does on the show, because I think she said, (laughs) what was her quote that she's going to like rewrite or, um have retru- retribution for candies Drag race oh, I can't run remember or something now, but yeah it was
2: something really funny yeah <clears throat> um so like we said we also are rolling these all out on ew.com and youtube and because there is a visual component to some of them although i think you'll be able to Enjoy them just fine on this podcast yeah. feed, but Joey, we had asked everybody, all the queens. We didn't want to make them get into like full drag for this because they were doing so many other things in full drag. They are in full faces, um, but we had asked them to wear a robe, a caftan, something like that. And some yeah. of them really turned oh, looks. Yes. What were some of your favorite looks from these?
0: I loved Maya Iman Lepage's. Yes. Hers, I think, was my favorite. It was so good because you could tell that it was just something that she threw on, but it was so elaborate and just she brings a level of excellence and style and just like effortless grace. To her drag that it just takes your breath away. Like when she walked into that room, I was just yeah. like, I almost fell over. She just looked amazing. And it was only like a, a cover caftan wrap thing. It was just it was, she looked yeah, amazing. It was incredible.
2: She looked so sexy. Like yes. she did. Yeah. When she walked in, I think we were all like, Ooh, yes. This?
0: And she also, let me tell you, anybody out there, you need to go watch videos of her performing because I know all these videos now are going viral of Queens, like hanging off of ceilings and falling and those two Mm -hmm. queens i think it was in brazil who were hanging from the ceiling and it just dropped um maya that will never happen to her because she literally scales these buildings and she drops from the ceiling catches herself with her legs on the same pole that she just climbed like it's it's insane it is crazy and then when you get into the interview with her she's just like "Mm -hmm, yep mm -hmm, yeah and i'm just like girl (laughs) You are it's just it's so funny because I I the the uh there was such a difference in the videos that I was watching of her just doing this amazing stuff. She's like, Yeah, that's just what I do. I was just like, Diva, queen. I love it. Crazy. You couldn't yes. even sit in a car without spilling off It's <laughs> True. But I also do I wanna uh say that I thought that they all looked really good. There was not one look that I was like, hmm. Um yeah. I thought they all for this interview quick drag like they all looked great. I think Dawn looked really elevated as well, and also Q with that big yellow gown. Yes,
2: Q looked amazing. amazing. She like really made a present. Yes,
0: and also Geneva. (laughs) I love Geneva with her like giant black uh, like flowing satiny looking cape and the big hair. I thought that she looked really good. She looked like a vampire mistress of the night. It was so beautiful plasma also for her uh drag aesthetic i thought looked really good tsunami also. oh I mean, yes they all plasma like was great. basically yeah. dressed
2: like uh glenn close and sunset boulevard the place yes. like that's yes. amazing yeah
0: yes they um, all looked really good Yeah,
2: they all looked great um so now i know you did a ton of background research so you're also bringing that in but was there anything i guess based on purely on first impressions from these interviews and things that the queen said that really left you excited to watch them on the show and why
0: yeah, I think Nymphia's approach to drag is the thing that fascinated me the the most. Um, in terms of what Queen said about how they sort of approach the art form, um, she is really into death and the grotesque and uh, ghosts and sex robots and dominatrixes and like showing this weird mix of beauty and brutality on stage. And she had a really interesting answer for why she. Uh, likes to to do that it's a element of rebirth and working out one's trauma on stage and I'm just like yeah that's beautiful and then also her meet the queens video where she had the little banana penis like that is just her like going from one extreme to just like she can do all this really serious stuff about like death and sex robots and dominatrixes and brutality and what it means for life, to then just going on the main stage and opening up her low cloak and there's a banana penis, which she, she also had she a had, banana in yeah, her bra. She had a
2: banana cleavage. Yes, for she us. did. She had a <laughs> yes. banana
0: cleavage. And I just am so excited to see what she does on the show. The other people that I'm very excited to see obviously tsunami like i i just I, I she has is so excellent on the brooklyn scene so i'm very excited to see how she uh how she translates that to the world of drag race um plasma also like i i went into it thinking like okay it, am i really going to be uh y- you know the bfa weaponizer is that usually my favorite queen of the season but plasma i had such a good time with i think when you watch these back i think plasma and i had a really good back and forth and i think she's very quick so i think she's going to do really well at the comedy challenges but um megami also was very funny uh but in terms of it's so difficult to say at this early stage, especially in August. Like I said, when you're, you're doing it outside the vacuum of the show and the fandom. Yeah. So th- trying to think to back then, I think I came away um, thinking that Nymphia. It, uh, well, so, like Safira has a very just regal, confident, assured presence to her. So I think Nymphia, Safira. Tsunami God, Geneva, I think is it also has and Maya. I think those they they seem like they are and Dawn too, actually. I think Dawn is is I mean, they're all great. I mean it's so it's yeah, so I'm, difficult. But I'm like I'm so I excited think for the season. Those five, I think, were the ones that I was, was looking at in those interviews, and I was like, okay, yeah, I think that the fandom is really gonna um eat these queens up for sure and hershey i mean hershey is just so funny and endearing and hershey struck
2: me as i can't wait for the confessionals for hershey
0: oh yes yes and i mean mirage i think is gonna do so well um who if if like i mean you never want to say like i want to see the queen's lip sync but like i think you want to see mirage lip sync just because she is so good on stage and maya too like you never want to see the queens in the bottom but like a a Maya lip sync. I remember I asked her, I was like, so are the other Queens going to have to be afraid of you to lip sync? She was like, yeah, absolutely. She was like, they, they need to be afraid of me. So they're all (laughs) in Q's fashion. I mean, Q has designed things for Lux Noir London for Mo Hart. Um, I I mean, just this is such a great group. And,
2: and don't forget Geneva's leg hair. I really hope there's an appearance from Geneva who style Like I had never,
0: she puts bows bows on her her leg and her on her leg hair and that was the first thing that i was like girl i need to ask you about this because it is so wild and it has gone viral on tiktok before she even got on the show and i was i remember i was like how did michelle visage feel about this she was like well we'll have to see (laughs) so we'll see if geneva does this on Mm -hmm. uh on the show but I, i just i there's not there's I know every season I usually come out and I'm like, yeah, this is a great group. This is a really good cast. But th- I mean, there, there was not one instance of this group that I came out of it being like, that one's a flop. There, there, there's not, this is, they're really, really, really fun. And that's what I like doing these interviews again, for the third time mentioning like outside the vacuum of drag race. It's like, you get to know them as artists, as people through these interviews. And, and I I hope that the fans will, both capital and lowercase will be able to see, uh, you know, uh, the in a fifteen to twenty minute bite size, like the full breadth of who these queens are in these interviews. I think that this sort of lays the foundation for that.
2: Yes, and we also laid the foundation for the season by asking them to tease a little bit about yes, the twists and did. turns ahead, and what were the things that caught your ear that they were saying
0: to you. So I believe. If what I am picking up on is correct, I believe that this is going to be a very dramatic season. I think that Dawn, Mirage, Plain Jane, uh, Dawn said that there was some... uh, uh, It was a very rotted season in terms of the girls <laughs> mirage said it was backstabbery a lot of them said that both dawn th- a lot of them said dawn was evil yeah <laughs> which
2: I and was so hilarious. we were like waiting like, like oh my god who is yes, this monster and was this like, little what? like, like fish creature like, sweet comes, little in, elf comes
0: in and then i was like wait okay dawn i was like everybody said you're evil and she had a lot of fun with that but they were also saying that plain jane has a i think it was morphine who was like oh that girl is just rotted and and yeah, just, something
2: is going down this season. Something
0: yeah, is going down with Plain something's Jane. happening. Yes, they all said they were like. Th- th- as soon as I asked the question, they went, Plain Jane. Because I asked them who needs the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag vaccine. I asked yes. all of them that, and they were all like Plain Jane. Plain Jane. Drag
2: delusion <laughs> vaccine. Drag delusion yeah, so vaccine. Cannot wait to see what that means. Yes.
0: Which that interview was also <laughs> <laughs> very. Like, if you watch that, there are like instances where I'm like. <laughs> This woman, there is no, what, like, what is coming out of her mouth right now? And you can see me, like, getting, like, second guessing myself and my questions in the moment. I'm like, hey, is she being serious or is she not? Yeah, being
2: she has such a dry <laughs> sense of humor. Yes. And I consider that my kind of go to sense of humor as well. But there were so many things where I was like, I genuinely cannot tell.
3: If she's kidding if or she's serious. If she's
2: joking, if she's serious, if she's annoyed, if she's reading Joey for filth right now. Like, I don't know. and I could definitely see yeah. other queens having that same kind of take on yeah. her in the workroom. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what goes on
3: there. I will say, yeah, she
0: did say one thing to me. <laughs> Even that <laughs> I, I mean, was like watching it. I mean, I did laugh really hard in the moment, but watching it back, I was like, oh. Um, but <laughs> I will say that all of these queens uh, – whenever they would say something shady they would say you know i think mirage said we're just all very comfortable and honest with each other so we're honest about what we like and we're honest about what we don't like and she was like it makes for good tv so yeah very very much looking forward to that but they also did say megami said that the show is bringing back classic twists so I thought, okay, we need to read into that, like classic twist, which classic twist could come back. I, I'm, I'm now racking my brain for that. And then she said, there's also new twists. And as they said in the uh, cast announcement, uh, MTV said that there will be a new twist on episode one already. I mean, they're splitting the premiere into two episodes and they're having the Queens vote for who they think are the tops and the bottoms. So, and I don't think we've ever seen that on a regular season before.
3: Well,
2: we did tell Laganja we wanted a twist, eh? So we got it. Um. All right. Anything else you want to say about the interviews?
0: No, I I just think that it was a really fun day. And well, actually, it was there. What I was I was only there for two days, I think. And um, it was it was so much fun. We were just at this hotel while they were, I believe. It was the day before they were supposed to do their promo shoots, so it was funny seeing what they wore in the promo shoots because I remember distinctly walking past that sort of holding room, but right where we were doing the interviews, we had the whole set set up there, but then they were in a fitting room, and I remember walking by... (laughs) And seeing Dawn just with her hands out and those green pants that she wore and the promo thing standing in front of a room being like, okay, yeah, I like these pants. And like, no. um, it was just funny to see that go from that to, you know, what we saw in the the promo shoots. So in
2: the graveyard. Yeah. And the, oh my God, fuck off.
0: <laughs> fuck off. Somebody said I saw somebody say online that there was that it was uh concrete and ivy and scaffolding because there were so many New York queens and it was supposed to be urban jungle and I was like
2: uh, okay now I'm calling bullshit on that yeah, I was no. like I don't know
0: no. if it's that but it's definitely not a graveyard <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: when was the last time you saw scaffolding at a graveyard Jillian all the time where do you, uh, you think half the, graveyard half, under the, construction? half the ghosts
2: come from in New York? Vertical People who fell construction. off scaffolding or had scaffolding to fall on them.
0: Vertical construction at a graveyard, Jillian?
2: We're, I wrote a whole master's thesis on running out of space in graveyards. True story. You okay, did. we got to
0: move on. Oh, you did. <laughs> Way to drop that you just have a fucking master's. Actually, I don't even think I knew that. <laughs> and with that let's get to our first set of interviews alphabetically we are going in this episode it's a supersized episode the other episodes will be two queens each but on this premiere episode we have a mandatory meeting don Geneva and hershey licorgette so first up is a mandatory meeting you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly in the boardroom with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. And it's an all-hands team touch base when it comes to my next guest. So get your presentation slides ready and make sure your full staff is hard at work because okay. we're diving right in with a mandatory meeting. Davey, are you ready for the meeting? <laughs> I am so ready for the meeting. i like, what's on the meeting docket for today? Do you have the agenda ready, the PowerPoint? What's going on? <laughs> Honestly, no. I've prepared nothing for today. um I was just gonna wing it. I was thinking maybe we could get some new toilet paper for the bathrooms. I felt like it was one ply. Mm-hmm. Eek! That's the only thing on. The That's it. Meetings. Just better right. toilet paper, Mama. Okay. <laughs> We're done. Amanda, so nice to meet you. Thank you so We're much. Done. That's yes. a wrap, team. Yeah. <laughs> No, we do have, I have to say, this look, I'm loving this look today. I mean, come on, like, wow. fur realness. Little fur realness. On knees. I love it. I listen, really am obsessed. When you rack up a couple ex-husbands, you rack up a couple furs. <laughs> this is like in the morning on the way to the deli in Brooklyn, well, listen, like, just to grab a I, quick coffee. i just got to get my iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, milk and get a straw. Yeah, very, yes, bury that, bury that. <laughs> No, we do have orders of business to get to. Um, so where, where where are your corporate headquarters? Because I feel like I've seen you like performing in New York, performing in LA, so like, where are you based? Mama, she's bisexual and she's bi-coastal. Okay, I'm everywhere. I literally have just moved to New York. I was living out here in LA for a couple years and I mm-hmm. felt like I wanted to switch it up. Okay. And then Drag Race called. Yes. So, so I said, oh, I'm really switching it up today. Yes, and even more chaos. <laughs> no, wait, wait, are you really, if you're comfortable, are you really bisexual? Is that real? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought. I mean, you were I'm like, not. I'm not thought... like not. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought you were just like dropping that as like a hint, like pickup follow up question in this interview. Just felt like punchy and jokey. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. I, well, I was gonna say it was like I bet led me down like a metamorphosis situation. Do we have a whole new line of questioning here? No. 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 no, no, no. I mean, I'm not like against. Uh, the... <laughs> you do not have to explain yourself for making a I'm joke. Really, I'm really, I'm really feeling life. like I have to. No, no. 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 Um, no. I I was. I will say, I was deeply entertained by uh, all of the things I looked into while researching you, sure. including you were in a touring production of Kinky Boots. I was. Oh, I love that. Tell me a little bit about that. It was crazy, girl. Mm-hmm. We went over to Asia. We were in China, Singapore. Mm-hmm. It was honestly insane to be able to bring the magic of drag like to a yes. different audience who yeah. was like, we weren't really sure how they were going to receive it, and they were. They lived. Mm-hmm. They lived for us, Mama. What character did you play? I played. Uh, Angel number three. <laughs> <laughs> the star of the show. Honey. Yes, And, Top sh- and boots. And she was the one. <laughs> she was the doll and the diva. You made the most of that character, yes. I sure did. Yeah. I would expect nothing less. Baby, yes. I was wiping this coochie all across the stage. <laughs> well, because, I mean, your talents did clearly. I mean, they landed you on national television on RuPaul's Drag Race. So, I mean, you're doing something right. So you are, like, theater queen. Well, I don't know. I don't want to, like, put you into a box, but, like...
1: Are I would you- call myself a... Uh, like one time, I had a teacher in college who called herself
0: a reformed Catholic. I'm a reformed theater girl. Reformed? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you have exercised your demons. Yes. So you're not Jan. You're not the BFA weaponizer of the season.
1: No, I'm more like the
0: BFA dissector and put back together with hot glue in a different formation. So it more is like an AFB. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yes, I think <laughs> I'm trapped. Absolutely. To but is probably what that would stand for. You can't say that on TV, I guess. I was going to ask what that was, but I'm glad (laughs) that you just, I didn't have to because I knew you were going to say it. Oh, Jesus. I didn't hear (laughs) In all seriousness, though, I I did see that you also do, you like to do live vocals. I do. In your shows. um, And you've been on the theater stage. So how does that all translate into your live shows? Like, what do we get at an Amanda show?
1: At an Amanda show, you are going to get... Sickening vocals, you are gonna get
0: a five, six, seven, eight, you are gonna get some teehees and some ha ha's. An AFB. An AFB. (laughs) Uh you'll probably get a boner. I mean maybe not you, but 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 you. You will. All bisexuals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bisexuals do love me. Yeah. Like they want me, they want me in their community. You know what I'm saying? Uh but you also might get robbed. Not by me, just like people in the audience. Yeah. Oh, because okay. they're Because they're just so, they they ran out of money to tip me. And so they're taking money from you to tip me because they see the gig, they see the numbers. Are we trying to get people to come to your shows or to avoid yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, un- I'm unclear. This is a performance in itself. I will say that I would pay money to see. Oh my God. I saw you performing a mix of, and I want to make sure I get this right, a mix of Oops I Did It Again and Kesha's Below, which turns into a very moving portrait of bodily functions set to the bridesmaid's food
3: poisoning scene. Yes, And it
0: all ends with you doing a huge split and we'll say flatulating for several <laughs> seconds while people literally just throw money at you. They it's compulsory. It re- I mean, it really, like, if they run out, they just grab it from the person next to them. Mm-hmm. They can't help it. So, yeah, so it is, yes, it makes sense in the end. <laughs> so where does your approach to the comedy in this art form come from? What inspires you to do something like that? <laughs> I basically just think, what would make my mother blush? And I go for that, <laughs> and right. then she texts me when she sees the videos on Instagram, she goes, really, Amanda? <laughs> she goes, this one, again. What was your audition tape like for this show? Because I imagine it was extremely wild. If you're doing that tape, on stage. My audition tape was unhinged, Joey. <laughs> what did you do? I have to know what you did. I was roller skating. I was, uh, I was acting, I put, I, I took a clip from a self tape that I sent in for a movie like in drag and I just like clipped like two seconds of it in. I was like weeping. I'm like, don't shoot her. And I was like, listen, Meryl Streep, she's here. Meryl Streep. This is Meryl Streep, actually. Hello. Yeah, inside
3: blasted.
0: <laughs> Death becomes her. Inside the actor's studio with Meryl Streep. Okay. What's right, going on right listen. now. <laughs> inside uh, the boardroom with a mandatory meeting. Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. Now, in going through your profiles, the list of things that you've said that you do in your various Facebook posts, I love it. And again, I'm going to read because I don't want to miss anything. So it includes. You can read that? Scamming squirting hot loads of death onto your enemies, putting fuzzy green arms up holes. And I also saw you doing a digital duet with Kelly Clarkson. I did. Oh, Can you explain all of these things? I wish I could, but I've signed (laughs) so many contracts and NDAs. No, Kelly was doing her little karaoke search for, right, you know, for right. people to join her on her show. Uh-huh. I was not chosen as one of those. I was chosen for this show instead, uh-huh. but they clipped me in with her. It was really cute. I really, no, I so they actually did that. Like, they they put you... It was like, no, it wasn't that deep. It was like Uh-oh. a thing where you show up and you sing, and then they send you the video in your email. Hmm. And I oh. said, thanks, mother. <laughs> You're supposed to lie and just be like, oh, no, Kelly, yes, Kelly did. Oh, <laughs> no, mama, 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 mama. <laughs> Kelly came out of her trailer, and she said, that girl... The, she's the one. <laughs> yes, there we have it, there we have it. Not a lie at all, not a lie at all. <laughs> I love lying. The, me too, me too. I, I love lying. Now, I also did find an old ad for a performance at Capilano University, and your self-written description mm-hmm. said you were the winner of the 2008 Franklin Montessori hot dog eating contest. Mm-hmm. Is that real or is that a lie? It's actually a lie. It really oh, is. <laughs> I'm so man. sorry. Damn. I want I wanted to tell you it was real, but I looked into your eyes and <laughs> I just saw the truth behind you and I wanted to match you on that level. Okay. All right, cuz we did have a pack of hot dogs off to the side that we were going to ask you to just eat. And I'm a vegetarian, so I would have said that's very insensitive of you. Okay, it would oh turning it back on me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'll never expose another one of your lies again. (laughs) Please Um, Joey, I would appreciate it. (laughs) There's also a photo of you that I saw. I I really love it. So it's it's just a very beautiful portrait. You look like a space lady or like Barbarella maybe, but you're holding a giant pink dildo gun. That's the only way that I can think to describe it. So can you explain the idea for that and how it was made? And is it like a real prop that you actually use or was it just for the shoot? It was my personal dildo. (laughs) Really? Well, it became my personal dildo after the photo (laughs) shoot, but like, I didn't want to bring it there having been used. So it was fresh that day, you know what I'm saying? And I super glued it to the gun. Okay. What was the other question? I just <laughs> wanted to know if it was like, a, like if you just did it for the shoot or like you actually use that in shows and if it like works? Is that a, a fair no, question? No, because maybe it fell off that day, the, the hot oh, glue wasn't enough. So okay. I, I could, I would love to, and I would love for it to be fully functional, but baby. It was just for the art. It was, it was for, it the, was art. for the art. I do it for the art. I'll do anything for the art while i
3: mm-hmm.
0: I do get the sense that you have like a very distinct style when it comes to out, outfits and also your makeup i've seen it's really great um nobody is painting really like you are painting on this on the season especially so where did you hone your approach to style and makeup like what speaks to you before you have to put it into a drag look
1: i'm just excited by like bright colors bold patterns i'm excited
0: by like i love a little like 80s reference or vibe like anything that's sort of Calls back to that style. I love spacey things. Mm-hmm. I also love executorial things, mm-hmm. Mama. A, le- a blazer is—that's where I'm home. Mm-hmm. Put me in a blazer, and I'll put you. I don't. I'm not gonna finish that. With a <laughs> <laughs> what is it? A shoulder pad blazer? I love a shoulder pad blazer. Shoulder pad pads make me so wet. Oh, <laughs> this interview is like. Oh, I know. I really feel like we have to call it HR. Ever. I'm I, not even funny. Yes. Is the thing uh, HR? Please come crash this mandatory meeting. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, why, why do you think those th- sort of things that like the 80s and all of the stuff that you just uh, said, why does, do you think that that is something that spoke, or was there something that maybe like happened when you were younger or things that you were into when you were younger that sort yeah. of formed why that's appealing to you now? I guess it sort of is like a lot of like the music that my mom would play like on Saturday mornings when we clean the house, yeah. like yeah. it just sort of like became like ingrained in me. And I was like, oh, well now I need to be like the 80s, you know, neon rock diva. Yeah. <laughs> So there are a few questions that I'm asking to everybody on this cast. i mm-hmm. um, getting some very interesting answers. So uh, without spoiling too much, uh, we know that the twists are coming on mm-hmm. Drag Race as they do every year. Uh, so what can you tease about maybe the level of gaggery and twistery that's coming up? And also how do you think season 16 steps it up from what we've seen in past seasons of Drag Race? I think season 16 is giving fairy tale land. It's giving <laughs> Nightmare Alley. And like when you see it, it actually is gonna make sense. Okay. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Alley. It's oh, goopery, it's gaggery, mm-hmm. it's like there was a lot of conflama and a lot of moments where like me and the girls were like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Always a good reaction. Yeah, and we we sort of just were like, wait a second, so now we have to we have to put this in
1: Okay, yes, RuPaul,
0: great. It's just like smiling, but like dying on the inside. Like, okay. No, I mean, it was like so much fun, but we were like, we were very confused Mm -hmm. a lot of times when we were, because there's just so much that we did that has never been done before. Oh, It's really like, they're shaking it up, mama. Uh Good, I'd be very excited to see that. So who do you think this year needs the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag delusion vaccine. If you had to give it to a few of your castmates, who would it be? Honey, I would give it to all of them, but <laughs> definitely Plasma, uh, Delulu, Honey. Theater queens <laughs> usually are. They, yes. And see, and I see it, <laughs> and, and I recognize it. That's why you're a reformed theater. Queen. Okay, yes, listen. Yes. I could never. It could never be me. Uh, Even though it used to be. Uh, She's Delulu. Uh, Dawn is crazy too. (laughs) I've heard that Dawn is evil. That's what I'm being told. Oh, Dawn is is actually the worst person I've ever met. She's (laughs) so nasty. I actually. She kind of bullied me on the season. That's so, a that that didn't actually happen. So. there's so many lies in this. Interview. I know. I well, know. we did. I did condone it. I did condone <laughs> lie earlier. So we now no, do not know what is true. Well, I mean, if it did, if that did happen, it would be in violation of the spoiler rule. <laughs> Very true. She might have bullied somebody though. Okay. All that I'll right. just. I'll take that. I'll take that. If there is like a mood word that you could use to describe something that you are either excited about or nervous about for fans to see with regards to your appearance on the show. I'm excited for them to see everything I did, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of fun out there. Yeah. <laughs> I really gave it my all. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings to a close our uh, mandatory meeting with a mandatory meeting. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. This was really a lot of fun to talk with you. I am so excited to see what you do. You were just, you crack me up so much. I really Um, enjoyed doing all the research on you. So I can't wait to see what you do on the season and stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Period. Hello, I'm Joey Nolte with Entertainment Weekly, and today we're getting a little freaky with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. My next guest is proof that the sun never sets on excellence. It only rises in tandem with the queen I'm sure you'll fall in love with uh, very soon. Please welcome New York City's very own, Dawn.
3: Hello. Hi. Joey.
0: How are you? I'm doing great now that I'm talking to you and I get to experience this. Like, I mean, doing my research, looking at these ears and this makeup and like in person, it is, It's just, it's so stunning. I mean, mean, thank you. Come on now. I mean, listen. Like, look at these pierced ear, these pierced elf ears. Like it's just, it's giving. I love it. I love it. Looking at your social profiles. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I mean, it's a process because there's a lot going on on your social profiles. (laughs) Um, So I'm immediately thinking like, is it appropriate to say like, you're the oddball of the season? Oh, I would argue that Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: And I mean, it does help that all these are like boring as But (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. I'm definitely the crazy one. Okay. Well, you know what? No, that statement does align with what I have heard so far. I've heard that Dawn is the evil one of the season. (laughs) So can we confirm? Can we deny? Um, Am I evil or am I fun? Like, I don't know. Chaotic? Sure. I'll take that. That's such a fine line with Drag Race. Like, evil or fun? Because I feel like they both just they go hand in hand. And what I will say is I think I
1: think this cast is definitely giving evil and fun, but never like nasty. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's all in good, it's shady, it's fun. It's, it's the it's the backstage of the drag show, right? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, I'm very that.
0: The seasons that forget that, I mean, season nine, like <laughs> I, I feel like when everybody is just like all friendly and nice in the workroom, it's like, that's not what we want. So. Right, right. And we all are sisters. Uh-huh. We love each other
1: very, very much, but yes. we know
0: we know how to poke and prod right. and have some
1: fun together. We love sisters who
0: fight. Yeah, we love
1: sisters who fight. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. Just
0: just kidding. So your style, though, it really Mm -hmm. is—it's so fascinating and unique. And I saw what looked like it was like prosthetics on your face, Mm -hmm. horns, Mm -hmm. masks. It Mm -hmm. looked like you were doing like the hot dog finger gloves before (laughs) Michelle Yeoh was doing it, and everything everywhere all at once. Um, And you've said before, I read in an interview, you hate the question of like what inspires your drag Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the things that just things just sort of come to you in the moment. So where did this fascination with the, I guess you could say unorthodox things come from? Can you trace it back to anything specific in your life?
1: You know, to be so honest with you, like I have no idea. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay, cool. To be honest with you, I have no idea (laughs) because I like, I don't know. Like I've always just been like creative, like since I was born, like I just came out the womb drawn and sketching and like wanting to live in a fantasy world. Like I was always like reading fantasy books. and I loved movies about the crazy I've struggled a lot and I've had a lot of issues in my life and I think that I just got really worn down by how like boring everything is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I don't have to like, want to live in the fantasy world. I could just live in the fantasy world. That's great perspective. So I just do
0: it. So, I mean, we do hear a lot of times, like queens who come from a comedy background will say mm-hmm. that like pain and trauma from childhood will lend itself really well <laughs> oh, to comedy. Sure. So it sounds like you maybe leaned more into fantasy, maybe some sci-fi stuff like yeah. fantasy, but like what were yeah. some of the pop culture things that you leaned into? Oh, to me, it was like, I feel like 80% of
1: my childhood was like escapism. And for me, it was always video games, like, mm-hmm. in, like Nintendo specifically, like yeah. Mario, Zelda, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Like I would literally get more like dopamine. Like I crossed off more of my tasks in Animal Crossing than I did in real life. <laughs> and that made me feel better <laughs> than actually like doing things in my real life. Are you comfortable with saying like, you know, what you went through as a child that made, sort of made you gravitate toward those things? Yeah, I mean, it's really just like a conglomeration of a couple different neuroses. And growing up, like, I think I, I I realized at a certain age that like life didn't, it wasn't supposed to feel hard every day and you weren't supposed to be sad all the time. And like growing up, I was just, it was very tumultuous and very like, uh, I had a lot of anxiety and I didn't really like know what to do with it. And now I
0: do this with it. <laughs> yeah, I love to see it. Cause you can see what, like, I mean, what, you process as a child and what you go through Mm -hmm. and how you can physically like see it manifest on yourself and the things like it all tells a story I always find that so fascinating Mm -hmm. but what is the most random or like wildest thing that has inspired a look or performance from you?
1: Probably like (laughs) <laughs> my childhood bed sheets.
0: I don't know, like <laughs> I was like, that would be sickening. <laughs> Just like Cole's
1: bed sheets. Yeah, I mean like they didn't even, they weren't even that interesting particularly, but I was like, what if I made it into like a facekini? And then I'm like the monster under your bed. You okay. Never, you never know. Like RuPaul's
0: first face-kini look. Yeah, it's very that. <laughs> what is the wildest thing? Wait, so you actually wore the sheets, yeah. are you saying? Yeah. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. I thought you just meant like you looked at the sheets and were like, oh, I'm gonna do something. It was it was a double whammy. Okay, yeah. okay. What is the, what would you say then is the wildest thing you've ever worn in drag outside of those sheets? Like, is there a crazy material? I am a
1: patron of the uncomfortable fabrics, the hot fabrics, I would say. It wasn't particularly insane, but it was like a full, like, Plastic and fur. Okay. Okay and I walked the New York City Pride Parade in it in the middle of July. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm sweating. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot. Oh no, so the makeup basically all just melted off. Oh no, 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 I'm sickening all Uh, Yeah, Yeah. of course. Oh, I should've known better. I should've known better. I don't want to get cursed by evil (laughs) dogs.
1: No, 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 I'm very nice. I'm very nice, I promise.
0: So I do want to talk about the ears. I love the ears. Like with the extended fingers and the eyelashes that I've seen you do, Mm -hmm. uh, where does that come from? Because it seems like a staple of your drag is exaggerating natural features.
1: I mean, that's all the drag is, right? You're exaggerating features, whether it's the hips or the breasts, right? Like it's all about exaggerating those features. And I think that to me, it's like, what can I do that's like maybe a little bit more interesting or more different? And so literally I just like have a journal where I'll just be like, oh, I could, I could extend that or mm-hmm. I could extend that. And so it's like, I still, I wanna get into the nose. I haven't done the nose yet, but it's like, these are like the easy ones and the ones mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like, over the years I've stuck with. And so they're ones that I do like all the time.
0: Have you tried extending any appendages that like just doesn't work on stage and like when you're in the middle of a performance? <laughs> yes.
1: So the fingers, I would say have like maybe like a six inch cap because like if you like, like a sausage <laughs> finger is fierce, right? Cause you can kind of wiggle them around. But I've done like fingers with the floor. Oh no. <laughs> and like right for a photo shoot, you can't move in that. Uh-uh. <laughs> you tried to perform in that? Yeah, I did. And you know what, it was sickening, <laughs> but- Like, what do
0: you even do? Like, just you just kind of, you know, you're just like meander <laughs> on the stage. I mean, I got a good reaction from a crowd though.
1: No, it did. And the, the theme that night was like, monster. And so I was like, okay. I'm what? the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever,
0: you know. So, well, basically what I'm hearing is even your failure is a success. Like, that's just how excellent like <laughs> you To me, are. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else would it be? No, nothing else. <laughs> You're raised in Brooklyn now, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were raised in North Carolina? Yeah, and Raleigh. You, okay, Raleigh, and you studied art and design? Okay, so I studied I had an art and design
1: minor, uh-huh. but my major was in computer science and I have an engineering degree. Oh. Yeah. How does that, does that factor into your drag at all? I think that the only way that it factors into my drag is that I was so bored out of my mind doing engineering (laughs) that I
0: had to do drag. Like I just had to 180 pivot from it. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense narratively. (laughs) Yeah. But before that, I hear that drag started very young with you when you were dressing up in limited to drag. (laughs) As a kid, I need to hear more about this, please. I don't even know where you saw that, but My yes,
1: forces. yes I did. Ooh. I've been drawn to the to women's wear from a young age. Limited to women's wear. <laughs> Limited to a women's wear. Um, no, I had this neighbor growing up and we were like best friends. We'd hang out all day. Like we lived like right next door. We would run and go on the trampoline and and she just had this closet full of just full of it. And so dress up baby. Dress up. And I do remember there was one time I went to my house and my friend had painted my nails. I was maybe like six, right? Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous because I was like, oh, I have nail polish on it. I don't know how to get it off. And I go to my mom and I'm like, "Mm." and she's like, oh, that's okay. And just like wipes it off for me. And I was like, oh wait, maybe that's Mm -hmm.
0: not such a bad thing. Yeah. I, I, I really, so how old were you when you say you started doing the limited two drag? Oh,
1: girl, four. I had, um, my family calls it Barbie hair, because mm. that's what I called it when I was yeah. like four years old. Honestly, oh. three probably. Uh-huh. I took, um, you know, like those kind of like stretchy like kids Pajama pants, Yes, I would put that on my head and then I would like oh, run insane. around the house. Yeah, with my hair, yes, yeah, with my hair. Yes, I'd put in a ponytail. Uh-huh. I, I was always sad because there were only two legs so I couldn't braid it because you know, have <laughs> three for a braid. But yeah, and then I also gave a performance in drag to my whole family at maybe like eight years old to SpongeBob's I Ripped His Pants and I had this dress and it was tied in the back. And so every time they'd say, I ripped his pants, I'd turn around and there'd be like a whole split in the back, it was great. S-
0: so even as a child, like yeah. this was given I've been doing go. this my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> See, this is like when, when, you know, we hear all this stuff politically about how like, children shouldn't be exposed to this kind of stuff. I mean, like this is proof that like, if you just let a child do what a child wants to do. Exactly. We're on national TV now. Exactly. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, it's just, that's such a beautiful story. I really love hearing that.
1: Nothing was gonna stop me from being insane.
0: <laughs> no, Nothing. it would happen no other way. Uh, you also said previously that you spent years being a quote unquote bedroom queen. Yeah. Um, so what did you learn about your drag during that period? And why did you want to stay, I guess, inside In for that period? Yeah.
1: Well, it was interesting because I grew up like so shy. Like it was like a integral part of my like personality as a kid was that I was like so 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 shy and that was very much the case when I was maybe like 18 19 and I finally came out of the closet in college and my best friend showed me Drag Race and Roxy Andrews changed my life Mm. and I said I need to try that Mm -hmm. but I was way too shy way too insecure way too like like I've been doing art my whole life and I had sketchbooks that were like lock and key like if you look at that you were dead to me. And so then that transferring into drag, I was like, I can't you want me to do this out in the world? No, 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 no. So I was just like so scared to like be criticized about yeah. it. Um, And what I learned is that I am fierce with a makeup brush.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, so what about, that's interesting though that it was Roxy Andrews, because Mm -hmm. I feel like Roxy's whole thing is like, I mean, imagining Roxy Andrews being a bedroom queen is like, (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't make sense. That is interesting that, so what was inspiring you about Roxy specifically? I think for Roxy, it was, and I mean, I guess this is safe to say
1: with everyone, but like the the transformation just like took me out. Mm -hmm. Like I was sitting in my dorm room and I think I was probably like the first episode, of season five, that I was watching on like Amazon Prime or some. Yeah. Shit. And watching her walk out on the runway with boobs, I said, "How did you do that? Where did the boobs come from?" Then you <laughs> learn about breastplates, <laughs> and you know, there's this whole world of drag that like you don't understand. I was enamored by the ability to like completely change yeah. how you look, uh-huh. right? Like it wasn't about like like I don't think that this drag is particularly inspired by Roxy Andrews, <laughs>
4: um, aside <laughs> I from the
1: fact Roxy that in this. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, it's just that that pure
0: art about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Yeah.
1: And she's just sickening.
0: Yeah. What finally inspired you to then get out of the bedroom, go on stage, and then what was your first ever stage performance like? Oh, fierce,
1: fierce question. Well, what inspired me was that it was my senior year of college and I had like this best friend that like showed me drag and like was my whatever. And we told each other, we were like, because there was this local club in Raleigh where I went to college. Um, called Legends, and they had mm-hmm. like amateur night every like the first Friday of every month, and we were like, we are doing amateur night before we graduate. Okay, we set a date. It was April twenty twenty. We were gonna do amateur night. <laughs> oh no! And then you know, <laughs> bada boom, bada boom. You know what happened there? We're all trapped in our rooms, and um, season twelve was airing at the time, and we were just like. Okay, well, we're not doing amateur night. Let's just like paint our faces like every single Friday night. And that was when it was like doing it like every single week. I like really kind of refined like what I wanted Dawn to be and like what I liked about Mm -hmm. it. And then I got kicked out of my apartment. I broke up with my partner and I had to move in with my mom. And I graduated college. I didn't Uh have a job. Wow. And so I was, yeah. And so I was just like trapped at home in the middle of the pandemic, doing nothing and horribly depressed. And yeah. so I was like, well, this as good as time as any to learn how to sew, right? Mm-hmm. So then what was like the first performance on stage? Oh, yes, like yes, yes. That. So my first performances um, were actually digital mm-hmm. because it was like the COVID age and yeah. everything. And so um, what I loved about that was that I could like completely... Edit it myself. I didn't have to like you know. It's mm-hmm. like I, it's like oh I don't like that take. Well I'm not going to mm-hmm. use it. So that was really nice. But my first like ever performance performance was like outdoors December 2020 Asheville North Carolina outdoor in yeah outdoor oh, well, in North December Carolina. not that but, cold but mountains yeah so oh, it was oh, it was oh, yeah. in the mountains okay. and so it was cold but it was the middle of COVID and we're a lot of people there and I did not do a very good job but I'm proud of myself because well, now I'm here. <laughs> I imagine here i was just gonna exactly
0: yes. <laughs> But what are we now? What are we getting on a Dawn show when we go see Dawn?
1: Emotional trauma on stage. I want to be um, beautifully distressed. I want you to feel the emotion mm-hmm. of what this song is. I don't care if it's the most upbeat song that you've ever heard. What are those lyrics saying? Is she upset? Mm-hmm. Is that girl singing upset? I'm upset. If she's upset, I'm upset. Okay. And you're going to get looks, mm-hmm. you're going to get vibes. <laughs> you're going to get... <laughs>
0: It's fun. Uh-huh. We have fun at a Don show. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're not performing like WAP on stage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not if I can help it.
0: <laughs> uh, that is an interesting, uh, it's, It reminds me of like the way Sasha Colby describes her lip syncs actually. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's. have you ever seen the one where she just does, like it's just her and a chair and she serves, yep. I think what she calls like stripper, Something it's like strip emotional stripper or something. Like, yeah. It reminds me a lot of what you just said.
1: No, very that. And mm-hmm. I would never go so far as to say that I'm like Sasha Colby in any way. <laughs> but the way that she is able, like she has her tricks and her stunts and everything, but she doesn't need them. Mm-hmm. Like she is just so captivating without it. And that's what I aspire to be, but I mm-hmm. think I'm probably
0: at least a few years out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm asking a few questions to everybody. Okay. And I wanna know. What are some mood words that you can maybe tease about the season coming up? Because we know the twists are coming. So <laughs> uh, what everybody has their, when I say the twist, like everybody's face is like, whoop. Okay, so what can we tease about the twists and some mood words about the season coming up?
1: Mood words, fierce, sickening, and slick. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
3: um,
1: <laughs> I would say, rotted, mean, mm. and I would say,
0: Oh, we have to lick the finger <laughs> yeah. first. We had to lick the finger first. Fun. Well, I am having a lot of fun talking to people about who is like the evilest queen of the season. Plain and Jane. You have, oh, okay. It's so Plain that's, Jane. That's if anyone's not plain saying plain. plain. Who did you talk to before the like, Q? Like well, I, cannot, I can't she reveal my sources, It's Plain Don. Jane. It's Plain um, Jane. <laughs> there are, I mean, well, somebody said that you were the evil queen of the season. I am not evil.
1: I like, I'm, uh, we were doing a bit about it earlier. I am not evil. I just like to say Okay, uh, sometimes people don't like the that I say though. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. But what I will say, what I will say, okay, listen. Yes. Because it's, it's television, it's Drag Race, you're saying shit, you're having fun, you're kiki and you're laughing, you're talking shit. And what I will say is that if I ever say anything that upsets somebody, I'm gonna apologize. 100% because I never want to hurt someone's feelings. Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't think that can be said about everybody on this cast. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Untucked is interesting this season. Oh, what for saying. sure. Yes. Oh yeah, uh-huh. big time. So there's a lot of tears, <laughs> a lot of apologizing.
1: Tears, apologies, <laughs> non-apologies, and maybe even a or two. Oh, just
0: kidding. What, it gets physical this season? <laughs> well, I don't know. You'll have to tune in and see. <gasps> okay, all right. Okay, that has me very excited. Um, no. We're not condoning violence. No, we're just never. never. No. The last thing I'll ask you is without spoiling anything, maybe some mood words or teases about a particular moment involving you that either you're excited for fans to see on the season or nervous about fans seeing on the season. <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> licking the finger again. Here we That's go. How I think is how I get my th- my thoughts it comes through the finger. Nighttime,
0: appendages, and uh, really fierce stress. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I can't even begin to figure out what that what that means. But <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you do on the season, truly. I think that we are in for a real treat It's for gonna you. be goofy, it's gonna be fun, yes. for sure. Yeah, if this interview is any indication, yeah, we're, we're good with this season. <laughs> 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 well, Dawn, thank you so much for being here. Thank I you really, for having I me. It was so lovely to meet you, and stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly, getting into some hairy situations. To be specific, leg hairy situations with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16 today. And here to explain one of the most ingenious drag techniques I have seen a queen do on their legs in quite some time. We will get to that in a moment. As well as everything else that makes her one to watch out for this season, please welcome all the way from Texas, Geneva Carr. How are you? Hi,
4: I'm doing amazing, how are you? I'm doing
0: amazing to be in the presence of this look. Black is my favorite color to wear And this is just like the lace on the glove. I mean, she looks amazing. Does she not look amazing? I mean, it's you look incredible. Thank you. I mean, it makes me look skinny, so I love it. <laughs> I love what's going on with your lips too. Like oh, the black yeah. outliner and then it blends into the red. I just, oh, I love it. Little punk vampire moment. That, that that's my vibe. <laughs> that's all the only vibe I need. Um now, several many things have fascinated me about you and your career, and I want to get to all of them, but first and foremost, I mean Texas drag. Mm-hmm. We always need to celebrate when we get a Texas queen because strangely, like I thought we had more queens from Texas on the show than we actually do, but I believe you're from part of Texas we haven't yet seen on the show yet, right? Like, what's the scene like there? So, I live in
4: Brownsville, Texas. Um, The drag scene over there is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, any other part of Texas. You know, big hair, the makeup, you know, the dancing, the glitter, the drama, you know. It's a border town, Mm -hmm. so it's a little more influenced by, like, Mexican music, Spanish music, Latino. So,
0: that's a lot of what I do and represent. Mm -hmm. So, Mistress Isabel Brooks was our last Texas queen. Um, How do you feel about the way she represented the state? Oh, she did amazing, actually. know mistress
4: from the pageant world so we know each other we're sisters you know Mm -hmm. we are sisters not like you
0: don't have to earn my sister like we are (laughs) sisters (laughs) did you um like consult her for advice or anything before going on the show
4: no i actually didn't um i didn't ask her anything i was just like you know what let me have my own experience and make my Mm -hmm. own mistakes or maybe not my own mistakes but you Mm -hmm. know i was like let me just have my own path and moment Mm -hmm. and see what happens but i should have (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, is, the, is the mistress that we saw on TV, is that like the real mistress in person? Oh no, it's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, yes, a short and sweet. Um, so how did you get your start in drag? And were you raised in any sort of like scene
4: in drag? So I started, there was like a, a drag competition happening and I was like, wait, what is this called? Because um, I, I'm originally from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what any of this is, I'm first generation. So I'm like, what is that that looks fun, And I wanna do it. So then they're like, oh, it's, you know, you get in drag, you express yourself, and, you know, there's money. I'm like, oh, there's money. Okay, so, you know, let me start. And I uh, competed. I was first runner-up. And then I really liked it. And then I just kept going. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, this was created.
0: And you won the Diva of the South 2022 pageant,
4: pageant? Yes. Just... Okay, so Georges also won that pageant a couple uh-huh. years before me. Yeah. And it's a very important pageant uh, in the area where I live.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you're a Diva of the South, you're like you know, something big. So much comes with the term of being like a pageant girl, but are you a pageant girl?
4: I started with pageants because <laughs> in the area where I live back when I was starting, you wouldn't get that many opportunities. You have to be a no name or do pageants so people can experience what you are mm-hmm. and see if they like you or not to book you. So, you know, I started with pageants and I just loved everything about pageants, like, you know, like the gowns, the, you know, the interviews, the talent. So I am a pageant queen, but I am a lot more than just a pageant.
0: Yes. Queen. <laughs> right. What's the best talent you ever did for like a talent portion of a, of a pageant?
4: Ooh, I did like this evil queen, talent,
0: you know, like very dark and draggy and you know, that Uh, was amazing. Not unlike what we are doing today. (laughs) In your Instagram bio, you also um, say you're la diva mas Latina and there's also a Mexican flag in your bio. So I feel right away like culture and identity are Mm -hmm. very important to you. So how do you fuse those things with your artistry?
4: So I try to incorporate my culture and where I come from into everything I do so people can understand um, what it is that I'm trying to do. I feel that, you know, since I'm Mexican, I'm the first Mexican drag queen on the show, Mexican Born, um, I wanna showcase all of that. And you know, La Diva Mm -hmm. Mas Latina comes from, people are like, oh, you're such a diva. And then people are like, you're so Latina. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just La Diva Mas Latina. And I (laughs) just went with it. (laughs) Why not? It wasn't taken. (laughs) So you were were born in Mexico. Yes. Um, When did you come to the States? Um, I came to the United States uh, at the age of seven. Mm -hmm. And then I learned English until I was about seventh or eighth grade. Oh, Middle you're school. Di- oh, yeah. wow. Okay, yeah. so you didn't,
0: uh, I mean, you're doing wonderfully, oh, obviously yeah. speaking to, I can only speak one language. So I'm mean, like, <laughs> I mean, and not very well, but what are we getting at a Geneva show on stage? Like what's the Geneva experience?
4: Well, I mean, just a little drama, big hair, makeup. The makeup always has to be there. Um, the hair also, you know, like I own a wig business. So mm-hmm. it always has to be big over the top mm-hmm. and
0: energy and dance, a lot of dance. Mm-hmm. Splits, kicks, dips, and hopefully I get back up. Oh, when I tell you, yeah, look at the Her Dance videos. I mean, (laughs) next level, it is amazing. Your looks also draw a lot from pop culture references. My favorite one, I think, that I saw (laughs) is like Miss Trunchbull, with like a little girl doll that you're actually (laughs) carrying with you. So what happens when you perform with that? Please tell me you actually throw her by the pigtails. Okay. Yes, and hopefully it's not problematic, it's a doll. but um <laughs>
4: yeah, so I was doing the, the song You Spin Me Round and so oh I was like going spin me around round round and I just tossed the doll on stage and uh-huh. everybody just went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing like a little camp because Matilda's one of my favorite movies. And you know, I think Miss Trunchbull is just, you know, Miss Trunchwell so I wanna get tossed by her, why not? <gasps>
0: You, oh yeah. She I, can't uh, pick me up, uh, but you yeah. <laughs> know. Did you see the new one? The new remake? Oh yes. Is it, is it giving, is it? You
4: know, sometimes the originals
0: are the originals, but you know, I, I give an opportunity for, you know, whatever else comes along. Mm-hmm. I love that you love Matilda though. That is like the movie of my childhood. Yeah, like one of them. Oh I love it. Okay, question though, mm-hmm. that cake the cake in that one part? Yes. It looks good, right? Even though they said they're sweating it. i <laughs> are trying not to pastel. think about it. No,
4: I'm <laughs> trying to like forgive Miss Cookie, you know, like with her <laughs> whole hands and everything,
0: but yes. hey, I mean, I always thought you, it looked you good. I've always just wanted to ask like Matilda stand that question. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, we're not going down that road okay. in, in this interview. Um, I also okay. So the thing that I referenced in my intro, I was fascinated by this. I see you do this interesting thing with leg hair mm-hmm. and hair gel. Mm-hmm. So please tell me where you got the idea to do this, as you know, or maybe not, but let me tell you. We're introducing it. We're going to we're gonna people,
4: go all yes. the way back to where it all started. Yes. So I grew up around uh, my cousins. You know, they were girl cousins, and mm-hmm. you know, like they had a lot, of, a lot of uh, body. Hair and they would hit shaving it and everything. So then one day I was like, what if I could just like style it and make it kind of fashion and maybe people <laughs> wouldn't have to shave or body positivity, right? And then I just did it, you know, posted it, went to bed, woke up and I was like 11.2 million views. Whoa. Oh, wait, 11.2 yeah. million. Oh my
0: God. Wow. So, other people are just like me, just equally fascinated by this. Well, it's a talent.
4: Not mm-hmm. everyone can grow hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Wait, so how long does it usually take to do this? About an hour per leg if I have help. Oh my God. <laughs> by yourself, how long does it take? An hour and a half to two hours. Her leg. That's a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do like a lot of videos at the same time. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, do you, so do you ever perform wearing that? Um, I did the bearded lady from The Greatest Showman in it with a, with a beard and a <laughs> d- pink dress. And there's also like a little clip of it. and.
0: Everybody was going crazy for it. It's incredible. Yeah. What do you, you What do you think is the most intricate leg hair design that you have ever done?
4: Um, well, I have like the the ocean waves, and then I have you know like spikes, <laughs> butterflies. Um, the one that really hurt, and I lost a couple of hair. Was adding the little like pumps to it, like attaching them. Oh my I, god! There's some bald spots, but it'll go back. It'll grow back. Yeah, because you do, do you like tie things onto it too sometimes, yes. like bows and stuff. You've yeah. done that? Uh, not yet, but uh-huh. I mean, I'm taking all three oh, now. Okay. That's the time. Right. Oh, Where's my commission? We're doing both. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll give you credit. <laughs> well, how did, did you do this? At, did you do it on Drag Race? No, or maybe I don't know. Maybe. I was we gonna say how do, how do we think Michelle Visage felt about this? Well, I. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know if she likes hair or not. But <laughs> that's her. Well, we know everything is bigger in Texas, obviously. Mm-hmm. So is she bringing like a Texas size vibe to Untucked?
4: She is bringing all the Texas mixed with more Latina, you know, spicy stuff. Me- you know, Mexico and Texas, that's trouble.
0: So, you know, <laughs> y'all are in for a treat. Uh, yeah, I, I've been get- gathering that Untucked gets pretty good this oh, season. It is real good. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, did you bring anything from past Ru Girls with you to season 16? Did you like consult anybody? Are you are there, like little Easter eggs of things that you brought from past Ru Girls?
4: Um, no, but I wish I would have brought in some stuff, you know, like now I know. Okay, yeah. Well, for All Stars maybe, or well, well, you might win, know, who knows, who we knows? have no idea.
0: We're 16 seasons into mm-hmm. the show. It seems like a really great cast, but we know twists are coming. Obviously there's twists every season. So, what can you tease about what kind of twists are twisting?
4: Well, the girls are pretty twisted themselves. <laughs> it's um, the girls. There's uh, a lot of Latinas, so, <laughs> so you know, it's gonna be very spicy. And you know, like, a Latina cannot be more Latina than me, so, you know, there's gonna be moments.
0: So, in terms of the twists of the competition, will uh-huh. fans be gagged, do you think?
4: Well, I mean, why are you gagging so?
0: <laughs> no, for real, so,
4: um, you, uh, you all are like, you don't know what's coming. It's a lot of things that you don't, like, I mean, I didn't even expect this. I'm like, I know that I watched the show at home, I know mm. what's coming. No.
0: Did you go into it thinking, like, given the skill set that you already have, did you go into it thinking, like, oh, there's certain challenges that I know that I'm going to be really good at? And then did you maybe surprise yourself in doing challenges that maybe you didn't think that you would excel at?
4: You know, I knew that for sure any dancing was going to be up yeah. my alley and I was uh-huh. going to, you know, slay it. Okay. There's definitely other things, like, for example, uh, sewing. I didn't think I was going to be that great at sewing, but turns out I'm kind of decent at That's it. Sour. Yeah, so mm. See, I'm so so. Do, do you have formal like dance training? No. So you see, when I was younger growing up, um, I would practice on my own from watching like TV, mm-hmm. um, and like there was these uh, doors that look like mirrors, and I would just look at myself and be like, "Well, that looks like what that person did." And I, I'm kind of self-taught. And then when I was a little bit older, I did Mexican folklore, so Aww. it's like I, you know, like yeah. the traditional and yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. I can
0: dance with like machetes and stuff, which that's is like great. the giant knives. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> um, did you what? So what's like a song or a genre of music? that like really gets you going on stage, that like gets, like you're gonna give your best performance if this artist or song is on
4: s by Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And then in Spanish, it would have to be uh, Booty by JLo. Well, I mean, it's not really Spanish, but you know.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, is there <laughs> I was any like, Spanish wait. in that song?
4: <laughs> well, it's just like my mix start. You know, the text is gonna have a mix. So the a first mix. one starts with Yo okay. yes. and then it goes into that, mm-hmm. so. Are we
0: doing the Iggy Azalea version of that song, though? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sound effects. Trick question, trick question. <laughs> Who do you think I'll, this season, because again, it's a great cast, great mix of mm-hmm. people, who do you think is if you had the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag vaccine in your hand, which of your sisters this season are you jabbing right in the arm to get it?
4: Plain Jane. Everybody's <laughs> saying plain Jane. Well
0: literally must everybody. Be true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nobody else? Just her? Just her. She knows what I mean. <laughs> She. Yeah, everybody keeps saying that too. Yeah. They're like, yeah, oh, she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. She knows what I mean. So plain Jane, you have a lot of explaining to do this season, apparently. A lot. Do you have any other sort of teases or things that you're looking forward to for the season ahead that you think might give fans a nice little mood word tease for what's, what's ahead? Well, y'all brace yourselves. The- Car is coming at full speed, <laughs> and you better move away, or I will run you over. Well, now I'm running away because I don't want to get run over. Um, <laughs> what a great way to end this interview with Geneva. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for being here, and I cannot wait to see what you do on this episode. Th-
4: thank you for having me. Of Los Alma.
0: <laughs> Stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly here today with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16, and there's no one who exemplifies the spirit of a truly sweet 16 better than the queen I'm sitting with today. Her name might kindle warm thoughts of your favorite candy treat, but the level of talent she serves on stage is a full course meal of drag excellence every time. Please welcome the lovely, Hershey liquor jeté.
3: That was the best interest I've ever had in my life. Thank you. That means a lot. I always,
0: that I'm doing my job well. You're clearly doing your job well. I mean, look at this. Isn't that color amazing on her? This is just to go to bed. Yeah, just to Mm, oh, we're putting you to sleep today. (laughs) We're just gonna, let's do 15 minutes of an ASMR sleep video. Yes, lovely. (laughs) But I just have, I truly I just have a sense, something is telling me that the fans are gonna have so much fun with you. Like, it's just, and going through and looking at all of the stuff that you have done in the past, like I'm just like, yeah. fans are gonna eat this one up for sure. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. You are just giving it at all times. Um <laughs> now I learned that your first experience in drag was in St. Louis, correct? Yes. So, um, and that's where you're from? Yes, okay. St. Louis, Missouri. And you were inspired by Tyler Perry's Medea as <laughs> your first taste <laughs> of
3: drag culture? I tell everybody the very first drag queen I ever saw was Tyler Perry. <laughs> and I used to put on very terrible wigs and like set up my a camera and I used to try to write plays and like bully the kids in my neighborhood to like mm-hmm. jump on camera with me and then we would make movies all day. I still have the VHS children. tapes. Sure, we were all children. Oh my God. We were all children. But <laughs> I would set up the little uh, camera and we would do movies and stuff about nothing all day, Mm -hmm. yeah. So you also, you built up a
0: YouTube following early in your career, correct? Yes. I, there's nothing that I love more than like an early 2000s like YouTuber vibe, (laughs) it is so great. So what was like the typical drag aesthetic back then in those videos and what kind of YouTube clips were you doing? It was
3: drag before I knew I was a drag queen. (laughs) This was like YouTube and a thousand followers, are like a lot, like, Mm oh, a thousand people are watching me. It really wasn't a drag aesthetic. I was just more so like putting on a wig making parodies all day and all night for no reason. My parents are very concerned about me. <laughs> I literally would wake up in the morning, I would go to Party City, I would buy three or four ratty wigs, I would go downstairs and I wouldn't come back up until the video was finishing post. It. hours, hours. Literally mm-hmm. all day. My mom was like, "You sure you don't want to like go outside, know, go outside <laughs> maybe eat?" Take a shower, you <laughs> know. So what were
0: some of the videos that you would do? Like, what's like the like most popular video you did back then?
3: Jesus. <laughs> I can't say the name of the video. It's inappropriate for television. But I'm most famous for <laughs> rapping this song about this man who needs to pay me. <laughs> he, he owes me money because we have a child together and he needs to pay me. Um, so I'm most famous for that song in particular. Okay. It's, I will say Itty Bitty. If you look up Itty Bitty and put Hershey LaCour, then I'm pretty sure it'll pop up.
0: Okay. Yes, you <laughs> all have homework to do now Let's go look at this video, but not the children. Apparently it's inappropriate.
3: No, we're, I'm an adult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you said in the past you were also raised in a religious household, which, yes. I mean, I made things, I, I'm assuming, a little bit harder for you. And then you had a difficult experience at a St. Louis competition that led to some tears, and you said that you quit drag before moving to Atlanta, where Hershey was eventually born. Uh, so can you tell me about that experience at that first St. Louis show?
3: Yes. So <laughs> being that I knew nothing about drag at the time, I just knew I was throwing on my wig and I was making people laugh. So I thought that was, that's all I needed. There was a uh, club that we had at the time called Novax in St. Louis, and they were holding an open drag competition. And all my friends were always telling me, oh girl, you're gonna be a drag queen one day. So I was like, oh, I'll do that real of quick. Course. What's the price? $500, <laughs> come with a dress, do a good talent. BQ, I can do that. Those three <laughs> things. It's simple. So I stole my sister's prom dress um, and went to the, um, the, the thrift shop and got some shoes that didn't match it. It was like the prom dress was like this really powder blue and I got like the deepest black shoe that I can find and then invited like 30 people. I'm you not. 30, to watch the show. To watch it. Come on down. Yeah. This is before like cell phones or like cell phones the way cell phones are cell phones now. Invited all these people. I got me a dollar store palette of eyeshadow. Just that, no foundation, no lashes, no contacts, no, just this dress my eyeshadow, and I thought that was all I needed. I go into the room, (laughs) I go into the room and it's all these queens and there's assistants, there's wigs falling off the powder all over the place. And I just like, me and my little like dress in this eyeshadow palette. <laughs> so I like run to the bathroom and I start crying cause like I feel stuck. I invited 30 people now. I can't call all 30 of these people to tell them, no, you know what, Never mind. So I'm like, do I leave and just let them show up? <laughs> so I'm just like in the bathroom like. <laughs> and one of the queens came in behind me cause she saw me and she walks into the room and she looks at me up and down and goes, oh honey what's wrong? And I I'm like, I just got this dress and this eyeshadow palette and all of you guys are so beautiful and I don't know. And she said, oh, honey, just stop, just stop, <laughs> come on. So she walks me back into the room and literally like each queen in the competition, like without even being asked, handed me something to wear. One of them did my makeup, somebody gave me some earrings, somebody That's gave me so a cute. dress. Like, yeah. My introduction to drag is like, it was full of love and they like supported me all the way through it. Even the ones that I beat. <laughs> the you beat.
0: That's a beautiful story. I love it. Yeah. it starts like you know, it's like you get nervous even just hearing that story at the beginning. But then the way it ends, it's so yeah. sweet. I love that. Like everybody came together to help the little baby queen. The little baby queen, her queen her didn't
3: show. know what she was doing. Now after that, I did say, no, this is lashes weed. Like all of this, is too. Mm-hmm. I'm not. This is too much. I'm not doing none of this again. This is this. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> but then the journey to Atlanta yes. is when Hershey was born. A lot of legendary queens come from Atlanta. So yes. when you were there, did you have any direct experience with the? girls in that city? No, it was the same story
3: all over again. I got a raggedy dress <laughs> for an open competition. A $2 palette. A bad wig. No, three. It was three. three. It was yes. on sale. <laughs> and I went... And it just felt different that time. Like I went in in it's the same situation. Like a queen saw me and was like, oh girl you look bad, but we'll see. We'll see what you can do. Her name was Monica Van Pelt. She's not with us anymore, oh. but she said oh girl, we'll put you on stage and we'll see what you can do. And she like enjoyed the performance and said, you need to I don't know what this is, but you need to figure this out because mm-hmm. the performance part you got that, but you look ugly, honey. You look awful. So we're going to have to fix that. <laughs> but I'm grateful for that type of advice that they gave me. Atlanta was very like yeah. hard on me. It made me look at myself very differently. And I've not, I not—I cannot think of a weekend I haven't been off stage since that day. Yeah. You went through
0: your formative drag years
3: in Atlanta yes. and then you moved to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, you said in an
0: interview with Voyage LA that you got, and I'm gonna quote, uh, on people's bad side because I was not willing to just sit aside And be treated any old type of way due to pay inequity and racism on the circuit in los angeles yes so i'm just curious um you know i think it's an important topic to talk about in the drag community today like what did you mean by that and what was your early experience on in the drag scene in la that prompted you to say that
3: when i started drag i was getting paid and it was little stuff like 25 dollars a year here we'll give you a drink ticket here and there but it was we were getting compensated for our work. And when I moved out to LA, I was running into a lot of situations where they wanted you to come to the club and they wanted you to perform asking me, but they didn't want to pay me. They had attitudes with me for even suggesting that I was worth getting paid. Yeah, And that became a conversation. It's still a compensation to this day. Like how dare you be New and ask to be compensated for your work. Mm -hmm. But they want your drag to be on 10. They want your looks to be on 10. They want your wigs to be nice. They want you to have jewelry, nice pieces, but they don't want to give you money for it. And that just simply did not make sense to me. Um, And I got on a lot of I would say older queens bad side because I had the nerves to say no, nah, girl. This don't make sense. So it was the it was like the older generations that were. I would say it was the generation prior to mine uh, okay. of drag right. queens okay. who were used to. Pro- it probably did work that way. Yeah. You know, when they were younger, and <laughs> that's not mm-hmm. shade. But when they <laughs> were younger, they probably did have to work a different way. But we're making way more money now, and it's way more opportunities. It's a whole like, especially in LA, in L.A. There's so many bars that are willing to like host shows and give us money for shows. There's budgets out there for us. So I just don't think it makes sense anymore to think that we're supposed to accept crumbs because Mm -hmm. we're just getting started and we're not where you think I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of queens that started way ahead of me that I'm looking at like, girl, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that, you know, you always hear people talking more and more now about like there needing to be some sort of like drag union for specifically for things like that. And I mean, yeah. that's a whole separate conversation, but like I do think hearing your story like that, it's it's always important to talk about. But then eventually you were brought into Cornbread's drag family, correct? So cor- Cornbread drug me
3: into <laughs> just- our mother's drag family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> House of Jatay. House of Jatay. Our <laughs> drag mother' name is Calypso Jatay. Yeah. So we say we say Calypso's the mother, but Cornbread's the business. So <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. I like Calypso that. is the face. She started all of us, but uh, Cornbread, we can't have drag children without Cornbread say-so first. <laughs> we can't try a new makeup style without Cornbread say-so first. What show are you doing over there? Are they going to embarrass me? Mm, I don't like that, the nails. Mm, I don't like that. Try this one over here. Yeah, Cornbread is the manager. So how did Cornbread, like did Cornbread
0: actually like brought you into this? Like, or was it sort of you just, your story sort of coincided
3: with? So I happened to meet meet the house of take before we were be with the house of Jate all at the same night. Um, oh. It's Calypso's the mother, uh-huh. Kyra's the oldest, Cornbread, then there's me. Me and Kyra were doing a competition one night and me and her made it to the finals. I had beat her Kyra, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we were doing the final two <laughs> and I was running to the back to change into my full like, gown for the yep. last nothing last moment. And I hear Cornbread <laughs> call me from high Hershey. And I go, who are you? She said, don't worry about that. Do you need help changing your dress? And I said, no. She said, okay. She left me alone. Walk back out. I win the cup. Co- I didn't win. I'm sorry. I lied. <laughs> well, I, re- I do. I get runner up. I walk back out and the queen that won happened to tell me, oh, you're giving us a little Calypso Chate tonight. And I'm like, who is that? So Calypso just happens to be right behind me. So I turn around. She taps my shoulder. I turn around. She goes, oh, honey, that's me. And then like whips away into the club didn't see her for another six months after that (laughs) by that time cornbread had just started drag seriously and i was with another drag house that should remain nameless and they were making us making me anyway look bad cornbread (laughs) out of nowhere calls me up again and she goes hershey what you doing over there and i'm like i don't you know they my friends on it she said yeah friends is cute and all but you need to be with a house that make you look good you look too good for all of this you need to be a jate i said i mean if calypso likes me sure she said okay one minute, a week later, she hung up. A week later, Calypso says, oh, okay, you're in the house today your day now. <laughs> and easy as that's that. literally how the house was formed. Easy for. as that. Yeah. So besides
0: uh, protecting your ankles at all costs, what was Cornbread's advice <laughs> for you on Drag Race? Protecting my ankles at all costs? That was, that was the advice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, she told me to go in there and just have a good time. Just, it's literally like a very long, but stressful vacation. Mm-hmm. A long show have a very good time for as long as you can. Given
0: some of the things you said (laughs) in that prior answer, I'm not sure how this next question is gonna go. Um, Because before this interview, I did consult a reliable source oh, no. close to you for questions that might give us a better idea about your past. And this, I'm scared. This reliable source <laughs> said to please ask about the House of Melanin as it relates to your drag
3: history. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: ne- next question. I'm also told okay. that you have a few drag kids so she's a mother. Like, yes. I mean, was it Betty Jane, Serena, Romy, and Classy? Yes. Uh, but the source... I'm yes. scared. The source who I know you already know is Cornbread. Yes. Um, wants to know, and I quote, and I have no idea what this means, what about currency?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so do you want the story about currency? Cornbread said it would lead to a good answer, so yes. So here's what happened with currency. I didn't want to be a drag mother, but currency begged me. She said, please, can you be my drag mama? And I said, girl, I don't know. She said, no, give me the advice. You perform like I want to perform. You look like I want to look, be my mama. I said, yes, no more than a week and a half. And I remember to this day, a week and a half later, she went on stage without any lashes. I messaged her and said, Cursey, don't do that again, baby. That's not going to (laughs) work. That baby cussed me clean out. Like, let me have it. Oh, no. Over lashes. Oh, God. I said, oh. Oh, Oh, you stupid this, you dumb that. And that's what the other girls are doing. I don't know what other girls she was talking about, but that's what the other girls are doing. And in the eight, the eighties came up for some reason. In the eighties, they weren't wearing lashes. I don't know how true that is. I wasn't there, but apparently in the eighties, they weren't wearing lashes.
0: Well, Simone didn't wear lashes to the season 13 finale by mistake, just so you know.
3: But it was a mistake. (laughs) It was a mistake.
0: Yes, it was a mistake. I
3: left her a nice message. I said, you know what? This has been fun, but you're officially, you're no, you don't have to worry about being a liqueur no more. I mean, clearly, this is too much for you and me. (laughs) So we don't gotta do this. Great. (laughs) Thank you, Cornbread, for that question. That was a very entertaining story. Ah, Uh, I hate (laughs) her.
0: Well, in addition to drag kids though, I think looking through your TikTok, it appears you and your partner also have children, correct? Yes. I loved that. A baby boy and a girl. I loved that. It was so nice to see you interacting with them. It seems like you have a very nice family dynamic going on with them. So (laughs) what has that been like being a drag performer with children Mm -hmm. in today's climate? Because I know You know, I saw you responding to a few comments on TikTok where Mm. people were like questioning a drag artist's ability to be a parent.
3: I've I've become more accustomed to how people address me now when it comes to being a parent. Um, It was very hard starting out um, because we do nightlife. I'm mostly a night queen um, Mm. and (laughs) my kids wake up early without fail. Six thirty every morning. They up. Bye bye. (laughs) Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) So that was hard adjusting to it. But like that didn't harm me mentally as much as like how mean people can get online. And what are you teaching your son? Why does he, why does he need to, why does he need to see you like that? Why are you sure that you're capable of doing this? And on top of me judging myself and like critiquing myself very hard because I'm a drag queen, but like on top of me critiquing myself and being concerned about like, what am I teaching my children? Mm -hmm. Like, not just with doing drag, but being a parent in general, like how are they learning from me? Like, what can I teach them as a parent? When we have to talk to them about being adopted, what is that conversation gonna be like? It's like already a lot. So having to Mm -hmm. get online, being that I'm online really heavy already, it got really difficult having to read those comments every time. Like that's yeah. you're gonna mess your kids up. That's gonna that's not gonna be good for them. Like, I don't even know how to explain my work to them all the time. And they know it's work. Like they'll they'll check me. Like my son will say, like, you Baba going to work? Like you gonna work? And I'll be like, yeah. He'll be like, <laughs> okay. And then He's done with it. But in my mind, I'm like, "Ooh, okay, should he see me in makeup? Like, what does that mean for him? And yeah, it gets to be a lot. It yeah. gets to be a lot. Um, I've learned, they taught me that the only people that have questions are the adults that are confused because right. the kids never had a problem right. with it. It's all taught. It's all yeah.
0: learned. It's all this, this weird pushback to this stuff. It's all taught by other adults who are made uncomfortable by it yeah. for whatever reason in their upbringing. And it's just, but it's just, it's. I, I encourage everybody to go and look at this family dynamic and see the love that you clearly have for these kids. Cause it's very adorable. There's a lot of really Thank adorable you. videos on your social media.
3: I remember the first time my daughter looked at me and like, I was like, okay, this is right. Like she was like looking behind, like peering behind the mirror. <laughs> like, ah, I, I said, oh she, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's great,
0: it really is great. I've been asking a few questions to everybody on this cast and I'll ask you next, um, because I've been getting some interesting answers about the twists and the turns that are coming this season. So, oh, that's the answer right there. Um, So what can you tease about what we're gonna see coming up on season 16 and how it steps it up from past seasons?
3: I feel like the way they like shook us to the left and then shook us back to the right (laughs) and then dropped us, Everybody, like everybody's looking for, like, what is Drag Race going to do new? How are we going to like switch it up? I, I feel like that's the main comment over the past 16 seasons. Like, mm-hmm. what is new? What new is going to happen? The new twists are going to make y'all go, oh, 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 oh okay, mm.
0: <laughs> fine, mm. okay, <laughs> all right. That's a good teaser. Yeah. So, also, if you had a dose of the Mistress Isabel Brooks Drag Delusion vaccine in your hand, who okay. among this cast who are you giving it to?
3: The Mistress Isabel Delusion. Drag delusion <laughs> vaccine, <laughs> yes. I think I'd give it to Plain Jane and Niffia. Everybody has said Plain Jane. Plain Jane in particular. Oh, why? Huh? Um, why? Sh- listen, <laughs> that girl is... That's where I'll... Li- that... <laughs> yeah, hmm. <laughs> That's an
0: answer in itself. Great, <laughs> yeah. great. Well, Hershey, really, this was it was really, really a fun interview. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. I cannot, I really can't wait to see what you do on the season. I think Thank it's going to be great. Um, everybody, stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. So that was a mandatory meeting. Dawn, Geneva Carr, and Hershey LeCourgette. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast now so you don't miss future episodes in which we'll have interviews with the rest of the sweet season 16. Megami, Maya Aman, LePage, Mirage, Morphine Love Dion, Nymphia Wind, Plain Jane, Plasma, Q, Just Q, Safira, Crystal, and Tsunami Muse.
2: All right, that's it from us today. We'll see you all soon. Hit it, on Angina.
4: Well, y'all brace yourselves. The car is coming at full speed, <laughs> and you
0: better move away, or I will run you over. Well, now I'm running away because I don't want to get run over. <sighs>
4: weather, cloudy weather. Ooh.